Hey guys, well today I'm excited to be revisiting a conversation I had with Latasha Morrison. She is the author of the book Be the Bridge. She's also the founder of an organization called Be the Bridge that creates groups and conversations between diverse people groups to help move people towards racial justice. She and I had an at-length conversation that included talking about how some of the historical aspects of racism are really poorly misunderstood in our country, especially for those of us who grew up in schools that weren't teaching everything completely. A part of that conversation discussed Ahmad Arbery. Ahmad was a young adult who was out for a jog in his neighborhood and was gunned down by two men who believed that he was a criminal. It got national attention because initially the two men were not arrested. They have since been charged and arrested, but there was a lot of outrage in order for that to happen. It's a story that caught a lot of people's attention because it was just so horrific. And Latasha shared some of her feelings around this and she said something that I just, I can't shake, which is after the hashtags and after the outrage and after the runs that people did for him and after this time of frustration, what next? What do people do next? Do they move on? Are there more steps that people can take? And she gives some really helpful advice around that. So Latasha, I'm so glad that you are chatting with us and let's talk about Ahmad. Ahmad who was jogging. Yeah. Out for a jog. Out for a jog. I mean, like we're still in the process. Like the civil rights movement never ended. Like that's what right. we have to realize. That's right. We're, it continues, we're still in it. Like, like there's schools that begin desegregation in 54, right? I think that's when the Brown versus Board of Education, but you have to realize there was a school that in 2019 that just desegregated. Like yeah. this went on through the seventies and through right. the eighties in some communities. And because we're still in this process and because of um, geographical injustice mm-hmm. and because we've never rectified any wrong, right. you, you're back to where you were, where schools are more segregated today day than they were in the um, 50s and 60s at the height of the um, desegregation. Yeah. You know, it was like, we're more segregated today because we didn't do any systemic system changes. You know, Mm -hmm. we, we create a law and then we're like, okay, this is the law. And, but then we find a way to reinvent that same oppression in another Mm -hmm. way. Yes. And so, and, and that's the problem. And so you, you know, you, you, you're talking about Ahmad, you know, um, you know, we've never dealt with the narrative around, um, around like, you know, black suspicion, you yeah. know, like we've never dealt with the, the criminalization yes. of, of black bodies. And so, um, and, and how when these things come up, like, you know, like this week, I wasn't looking forward to this week because I was like, this is going to be the hard week because what happens is, um, you know, we have all of these things that, you know, that just took place. People are like, you know, yes, I room with the mod and all this stuff. And, you know, and then, uh, and then it just falls to the wayside. You forget the hashtag. Um, there's no action, no real action, mm-hmm. no, no real systemic change that comes out of it until the next hashtag where everybody's yeah. in an uproar, everybody's upset. And, you know, some people were saying, well, you know, Tasha, it seems like more people are upset. Like there's more white people because like, this is a, this is a, a cut and dry case. Like we've been here before, you know? 
And it's like we have been here before. We we, we were here with Tamir. Here. We were here with Trayvon. We yes. have been here before. They said, but it's video this time. There's video. This is different. And I'm like, there's been times where it's been video, but really yeah. we have to start changing the lens. Like, yes. Why does a black life have to be perfect? Right. In order for us to have empathy. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like any first of all, none of your children are perfect. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And just imagine if it was if the you know, if if the tables were turned and this was a white 25 year old that was out running, jogging, you know, getting fresh air and sunshine and exercise, um, took a break and went and looked at a house and, you know, kept on running. And then he was gunned down by three um, African-American men. And so and the, the fact is, things like that do happen. But guess what? There was video. Yeah. They'd be arrested that day. That day. That day. And so this is the thing. And so when people start bringing that up, like, you know, you don't get this outrage when it happens, you know, when it's, you know, black on black or whatever. First of all, there's just as much white on white as there is black on black crime. But the thing is, we know when something happens that we're going to be punished for it. Like, we're not going to walk around free. Right. And so, and then that's also a way to shift the narrative and like, it's a red herring. Yes. It doesn't doesn't add value to the conversation, but it's like, I think this week I was just thinking like, okay, this is the week where people are going to disengage. Yeah. This is the week where, okay, those who have been in this since the beginning, you know, you're going to become frustrated in the sense because so many people will disengage. You know, they put their post up and, and feel like they've done this, their civic duty. Yeah. Um, people are not going to get underneath on like how policies and, yes. you know, having corruption in your government, having yeah. a sheriff that, you know, um, and a DA that are complicit and, you know, that are, um, you know, that are actually um, a part of the problem, they're not going to unravel like that connect the dots to how I show up when I vote. Well, and let's talk about that for a minute, because I do think I do think that there are many white people, as you mentioned, who, you know, they did the hashtag, they did the run this weekend, and maybe they don't understand how to then engage in the systemic work around racism so you know what when we look at that case it's what what is protecting the two men and we aren't going to change those two men being racists right right right? but what's protecting the two men or what did until we had a national out outcry what protected them was laws that are in place and the laws that are in place are examples of laws that perpetuate systemic racism so there's a sort of I don't know what it's called in that state, but I'm from Florida and, and what got George Zimmerman, you know, off was this sort of stand your ground kind of It was of the law. same thing. It was Okay, is it called that ground, too? Yeah. Stand your ground and citizens arrest. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so how like help us understand how does a stand your ground law make black people vulnerable? Yeah, because most of the time when that law is applied, it's only applied for white people who murder black people because you have to think about when those laws were created. And so Georgia also is one of the only only state out of four other states that have no other hate crime bill. And so we have to think that we're in the South. Uh 
Uh, we have to think about the history in Georgia. Think about the civil rights movement. Mm-hmm. Think about um, the Civil War. You know, just think about all these things. So you have a, a, a state that doesn't have a hate crime bill that keeps getting rejected every year mm-hmm. by, you know, some of our local leaders um, in, in, our, in our state government. Um, but yet and still, we have a stand your, your ground law mm-hmm. that you have to realize that a lot of these laws came about in the 50s and 60s, like right at the height of the civil rights movement. Yeah. Yeah. And and you have to connect those dots. And then the citizens arrest, like, you know, like when you start looking at the um, the history of that, how it goes back to um, slave patrols, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and, and empowering white people to control black bodies, you know, right. and to police black bodies. So right. you have to think about the history and context of this. And so mm-hmm. you have to stay engaged. You cannot disassociate because this is the thing, how we show up. Mm-hmm. And how we engage, some of this blood is on our hands and how we show up and empower people that are in office. And that's just real talk. Like, you know, it's yeah. like we got to have honest talk about this. Like some of the things that we endorse and back, you know, um, are directly connected to why um, situations like Ahmad happen, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, so it's not only for them to be arrested, mm-hmm. but we have to have people removed from office. Yeah. And people placed in office that have um, that are there so that all of the citizens flourish, mm-hmm. not just some. Right. But all, yeah, you know, and so I think that's the thing that people have to start really researching. You have to really start listening to and um, some of the leaders that are out here having some of these conversations about systemic racism. If you don't, because what we look at is we understand that type of racism, like in that sense. But what we don't understand is the type of racism when you know when this man. This, these men go to jail or, you know, they're arrested after 74 days when the the sheriff had this video for 30 days. And then we'll see what type of um, what type of sentence happens. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we'll see that. Yeah. And so that's the thing where when you start talking about systemic issues mm-hmm. as it relates to our judicial system, yes. you know. And, and, and so we'll see what, what happens with that, you know? Um, and so we're going to have to let this play out, but we've seen it play out with Tamir Rice, mm-hmm. with Trayvon. I think that was a turning point for a lot of African-Americans where mm-hmm. like, you know, this kid didn't have the right people went out then and, you know, people had their hoodies on and people bought lemonade and Skittles, the things that Trayvon had just bought at the store. You know, people did all these things and, and, and show solidarity. But like, where are we now today? Right. You know? So I want to just see, it's just so exhausting, Kristen. I know. And it's like, I put out a blog, um, on our page, on our Be The Bridge site of what to do now. And I mm-hmm. gave people steps. And so mm-hmm. what we like to do is give people steps on yeah. what to do now. You know, what's the first thing? So one of the things now is this week is to be aware of how now the system and people mm-hmm. would try to dehumanize him for doing yes. basic 
normal, everything things that we would not look at any differently from any other white person. No, we sure wouldn't. If there was a house in my neighborhood that was being built up in framing and it was wide open, would I walk through it? Probably I would. Yes, because I'm interested in stuff like that. And if you know anything about him, his mom and his sister in the interviews have said he wanted to be an electrician. That was something that he was going to be going to school for. He wanted to become an electrician. That is not weird behavior but even so if it was it still doesn't matter exactly it's not weird because i go walking around here and 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 in my neighborhood and there were actually some some condos being built that i wanted to look at and then but i thought mm-hmm. i was like i want to go peek in mm-hmm. but here i am an african-american woman in a predominantly white area and i thought but a 25 at 25 i would have went right over there mm-hmm. and looked in it and if the yeah. door was open, probably went up in it to yeah. see how it was laid out, you know? I for sure um, would do that. Because I'm, I'm because of the work I do and because I'm wiser now, but at 25, you're not, you don't realize that the world is against you or the yeah. world sees you differently. Like there, you know, there's a, lo- a lot of our kids don't see that, you know, the world is going to judge you differently. Yeah. You know, they don't recognize that, you know? Um, so yeah, so we try to create things and steps to give people, um, this is what to do. This is what I want you thinking about this week. This is what, you know, these are the calls you still need to make, yeah. you know, um, these and I are wanna, the, I want to say too, when you're talking yeah. about making calls or talking about political action, I want to be really clear that racial justice should not be a partisan politic. It should not, it should not be. And it, is and it's frustrating but if if someone is watching this like if you are a democrat if you are a republican you should be involved in this yeah regardless of where you stand this should be important to you this is not a partisan thing this this is about making sure that we don't have laws that absolutely protect racist behavior exactly exactly and and if we if we say that uh we believe in the constitution Mm -hmm. and that all men are created equal right you know, like if, 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 you know, but we don't believe that, you know, we, we, be, I'm just going to be, we don't believe that we believe we don't that behave like it. Yeah. We don't behave like it. Yeah. We don't create laws like it, right. you know? And so I think the thing is, that's the thing is like, this should be a bipartisan issue. Yes, it should We're be. working together, but a lot of times we don't work together as it relates to these issues because we're afraid of how, as people are empowered and information and truth is given, mm-hmm. we're, we're afraid that it's going to bring imbalance into one of these systems, these partisan groups. Right. And really when it should be a bipartisan issue, um, and because it I should think, be. And if you yeah. can't get involved in racial justice because you're afraid of how it will affect your politics, I feel like yeah. you need to have a long talk with Jesus. Yes. Because <laughs> like, you are a part of the problem. Like, yes, you are a part of the problem when we start talking about doing things that are just and doing things that that um, bring restoration and that so that that all people can flourish, no matter yeah. if you're white, if you're Asian, if you're Latina, if you're indigenous, if if you're black, that we all can flourish. And there's a way to do that where we're all flourishing. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, just because you bring equity for one group, it doesn't mean that you're bringing inequality for another. Like, not at all. 
It's like at all. And so like when you feel like it's taken away from some someone else, when you give something to someone else, you know, right. and I think, you know, those are the things that we have to have these hard conversations around. And um, there's so many books out there, like um, The Color of Law and just um, the, the New Jim Crow and mm-hmm. Just Mercy and just all these mm-hmm. things that really talk about these issues that, you know, I have friends that watch Just Mercy and they were just like, in tears, like could not believe it. And I said, but this is the thing I said, when I watched that, and first of all, this is happening in the nineties, not in the sixties, this Mm -hmm. is the nineties, just mercy. It's like dealing with the late eighties, nineties, two thousands. Like this is, this is current history. Yeah. Um, But the thing is, when you talk about that community that he highlights in that, um, in that, that place, in that city in, in Alabama, like that sheriff was in power until 2019. He was voted into office after all of that seven times. Unbelievable. That's the part that grieves me. Yeah. It's chilling. And, yeah, it is like. I mean, just outright, anybody that's looking at that movie, you know right from wrong. Right. And you know what was just and what was unjust. And like my 10-year-old watched that movie Mm -hmm. and can see what was just and unjust. But we're so colored by our politics that you can watch that movie or know that story and then still vote for the same person because you need to make sure your team stays. Yeah. And it's like, we have to be willing to put down the partisanship to make sure that we are being just. We have got to give it up really because that, first of all, is not a kingdom for those people who are people of faith. It's not a kingdom system. Partisanship is not a kingdom system. No, it's not. And, and, you know, and, and when you start looking at this, um, it's like you have to give it up because we've created some idols yes. out of some things that yes, we, have. Um, we have. And that is what's driving our belief system, our values and yeah. our ideologies. And those some those are some things that we have to lay down. And so I'm glad that we're having this conversation and there are people that are getting it. There are people that are reading that are like, oh, my goodness, the blinders have come off. Yes. Those are the people that I want to have conversations with. Well, I want to thank you. I mean, I, I know that this is exhausting work. I yeah. I feel exhausted by it, and I am not a person of color. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine how exhausting it must be to be, you know, to, to both be caring for yourself in all of it mm-hmm. and then doing the work of educating other people with all of the resistance and ignorance that they probably throw back at you. So I just thank you so much for your, for your patience, for your grace, for your wisdom and for the way that you have changed my life and continue to just change the hearts and minds of other people. We'll link up to your site where you're giving action steps. And I hope that anyone watching this who felt really moved by what happened in the news this past week will then take the next step, take the next action yes. step of, of what do I need to do politically? Um, and I just can't say enough about your book, Be the Bridge. I, this you. is such a good um, a good step for people to take if they are going, I don't know what to read. It's, it's just such a good um, book for people to read. But thank you so much for taking And I'm excited time. about your book. Thank you. Yes, I'm so excited. So um, it's it's really good. So I'm grateful 
um, that we're having this conversation and that they're going to be people that are listening. And I think people just can continue to leverage their platforms to push this conversation forward, you know, um, because it is so important. Yeah, I agree. Thank you. Okay. Thanks for joining us. Continue the self-care conversation with us over at Instagram at at Selfie Podcast. And make sure to join our uber supportive community that we love on Facebook by searching for Selfie Podcast Community. You can also visit our website to check out the resources we've talked about in each episode at selfiepodcast.com. Make sure to subscribe to Selfie on iTunes so that you can catch up with us next week. Special thanks to Shepherd Audio for providing our music. Take care.